reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the 24th chapter, beginning in verse 36 through verse 44. Listen to the Word of God. Jesus is speaking of the coming of the Son of Man. And he writes, he says, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Let's pray. God, guide us as we think upon your word. Guide my words, guide all of our hearts and minds as we stand before your word and seek you in your leading. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's, a, it's an odd weekend in some respects because it's both the end of Thanksgiving weekend and I hope and trust many of you have had a wonderful time with gathering with families. I know some of you have, are, have traveled here to be with family. But it's also the beginning of Advent and a time where we look forward and in some ways, today is a, a, a perfect day to represent where we are at in the world of time. Because we live in the now and the not yet. Uh, in, in theological terms, we call it realized in, in future eschatology. It, what it means is that Christ's work of salvation is accomplished It is done on the cross and in the empty tomb. Yet, the kingdom is is coming in its fullness when he returns. So for us, we can know the salvation of Jesus Christ and its joy and and the gifts that he pours out on us even now and, and truly be grateful for what Christ has already done. Yet, we wait. Because the world and our lives still suffer from the brokenness of the fall, from sin and death. And so we wait in full assurance of Jesus' return. Now Thanksgiving is about being grateful. I had a wonderful time this past week. I I flew down to Southern California and and spent the time at my mom's house with my sisters, uh, about 48 hours of time. 
and, and then their families all came, and we had a wonderful feast on Thursday, and, and it was a wonderful time, and I, am so, I have so much to be so deeply grateful for. And, and that gratefulness, what I have to be grateful for, was represented, so much of it, around the table and on the phone that I spent that day with kids and my wife. And, and Thanksgiving is a perfect time to reflect on what you have and what you've experienced and, and be grateful. And, and that for which we are grateful, each one of us, it, 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 it reflects what we value most in our hearts, the things, the, the, the people, and the time, and ultimately, the love that we've known in our lives, from our family, from our friends, and from God. So great, and for Thanksgiving, we look back in gratitude. But Advent, Advent is a time of looking forward. It's a season of the church year in which we, we focus on the not yet. The not yet. And we look forward in anticipation of Jesus' return. And we prepare. This is how we do it. It's simply this. We prepare. We go ask ourselves in life, what are we waiting for? In each one of our lives, what is it we expect to happen? I, I, I've experienced this in different ways in places that I've lived. Uh, the, my two long ministries have been in Buffalo, New York, and in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, for them, their world is all about football. And uh, Buffalo, it's an amazing place, but it very much has an understanding of itself as the city of hard knocks. In, in, in all their sports world, they really have never won anything significant in most people's living memory. But they have experiences and, and plays that they've experienced that have actual names that will elicit pain in the heart of every Buffalonian. They, they know what, what it means when, I, when you say no goal or, or the Music City Miracle or the worst one of all, by far, is wide right. It's all you got to say, and, and there's pain. Now, even when their teams are good, there's an expectation. If you're a Buffalonian, they know what to expect. They expect another heartache. On the other hand, Pittsburgh, very similar city in many regards, but it's a city of champions. They've won over the decades, in, in, even in baseball, it's been a little while, but they have a history people remember of those championships, and they continue to celebrate them. But football and hockey, man, they always seem to be there somewhere, are close. And there's an expectation. is very different than in Buffalo. Each of us is like this. We're, we're waiting for something good, are waiting for something bad to happen. Those things, they have a name. They're a very simple name. Those are our hopes and our fears. The good things we expect to happen are our hopes. And the fears are the bad things that we expect to happen that we live with even now. And, and both 
honestly, they can be reasonable expectations or they can be unreasonable ones. Uh, We can have reasonable hopes and fears and we can have unreasonable hopes and fears. Advent is a time of reflecting on our expectations as believers and taking the appropriate posture and preparation. And this passage is particularly about when we need to be ready for what's going to happen. So what is it that's going to happen? What is it that's going to happen? When we're talking about Advent, we are looking forward to, in essence, two different things happening when we're talking about the season of Advent. Two different things. The first is Christmas. This is the Christmas season, so to speak. And, and, uh, and we're waiting for and looking forward to the incarnation, to Jesus' birth. And we'll be talking about that for the next four weeks, the, the meaning and the enormity of what happened when Jesus was born. But there's a second thing we're waiting for as well. And that's what we call in theological terms the parousia. It is the second coming of Jesus. So for Advent, we ask ourselves, when are these things going to happen? When are these things going to happen? Now, Christmas, we're pretty good with. We got that. It, on one hand, it happened 2,000 years ago when Christ was born. And we celebrate that every December 25th so that we can remind ourselves that it really happened. It really happened. Jesus was born. On December 25th, we're going to celebrate that. And, and honestly, I've been blessed a couple of times in different seasons of my life to go to Israel and, and, and to be able to walk around and see the places that Jesus had seen and walk where Jesus had walked. And, and it sunk in all the more. He is real. This is history. And just as the Israelites were, were waiting for him all those centuries and then he came so is what is going to happen in the future. Jesus is really going to return and make things right. And that gets us to the real point of the passage. When is he coming? When is he coming? The answer is very simple and very clear in this passage. We don't know. We don't know. I... um. When I was in high school, a group of friends and I, we'd, we'd go and visit a, a, a nearby church called Calvary Chapel uh, in Costa Mesa. And, uh, and they had lots of fun concerts and events going on, so we were always there. But one of the things that they'd have every so often, oftentimes along with the concert, is what they would call a prophecy update. And they were a, a dispensational church, and so oftentimes they'd have somebody come and they'd respect the scripture in, in, in saying they, they couldn't know the day or the hour, but they, they, fi- they would try to figure out the, the week and the month and of when Jesus would return. And I kind of understood later, they missed the point, the point of this passage. The point is, because we don't know when he's coming back, we need to remain ready. To stay ready. When you know that you need to leave for a, a when you when a party is going to start at six and it's going to take you about an hour to get ready, you, you don't really worry about it, the party, until about five, 
uh, when you got to start getting ready. But if you don't know when the party's going to start, and it could start any time, you have to stay ready. We don't know when Jesus is coming. We must stay ready. Okay, so that, that begs a question, doesn't it? How do you stay ready? How do you stay ready for Jesus' return? To know what, we've got to first of all, know what it is that we're waiting for. And direct our hopes and our fears to him. Let, let's start with our fears. The fears could be anything. Anything that you fear. And, and think about what is, what is the fear that underlies all of our fears. I, I, I think it's oftentimes some of that can be judgment. Our fears can be any form of the brokenness of this world that come from the fall and from the curse. But the ultimate fear is judgment. Nobody likes to be judged by anybody. But deep down, it all comes to the fear of being judged by God. And the consequences of that, that that were cut off, that were cast out, that were shunned or isolated or alone or die. And we've got to ask ourselves, okay, is that a reasonable fear? Is that a reasonable fear? And, and in many regards, the answer is yes. That is a reasonable fear. We live in a broken world. And fear of judgment is reasonable because we are sinners. And no matter what we do, we cannot make ourselves worthy to be welcomed by the coming king. But, it's the most important but in the world, but now we go to our hope. Our hope is that though we are not worthy, we will be welcomed still. Think of it like a family coming together for Thanksgiving, like, like the banquet of the coming Lord. Picture a family where one has been alienated by something they'd done. But when the turkey is cooking in the oven, and it, it's all forgotten, and, and you come and you join, and you are welcome with smiles and hugs and tears, and you sit down together and you feast. Is that a reasonable hope for us when Jesus comes? And the answer is yes. Not because, that we're, not because we're worthy to sit at his table, but because the one who, one who is has paid our penalty. He died for us and promised, promised to welcome us. Being ready is knowing what you're waiting for. And aligning our expectations and, and all of our hopes and our fears. And not putting those hopes and fears elsewhere. So we ask ourselves the question, each one of us in our own hearts, what is it, when we look inside, what is it that we're waiting for in our lives? We ask ourselves that question as individuals. We could ask ourselves that question as a church. Let's ask it as a church. We are in a period of transition. And and the most simple thing is we're waiting for a new pastor. But the waiting is not a passive thing. 
It's a time of reflecting on who we are and on God's heart for where we go on his call on each of us and all of us. And, and then ultimately, how are we going to get there when we understand and see those things? And in some time in that period of waiting on God and looking at those things, uh, the next pastor will, will step in and join in where this church is all going together. But through the whole time, even as we wait, we know God is working. He's working. He's preparing us for the next season, even as we wait. So we are in this now and not yet time. Christ has come. In that sense, Advent is the season of waiting for something that happened 2,000 years ago. But we also remember that we're waiting for something that is not yet. And it is the second coming of Jesus and a final judgment and a new heaven and a new earth where every tear will be wiped away and everything made right. And so we're in this in-between where we, where we stay at the ready. And I, I mentioned to somebody the other day, and this is a weird notion to even tell you, but I'm going to tell you because I've always thought, it came to me early in my ministry that I became conscious of my work as a pastor as primarily, maybe more than anything else, to equip people to be ready for death. A more precise job description would be to prepare people to get ready to meet Jesus face to face. And either upon our deaths, but more wonderfully and more hopefully when he comes again. We remember who we are. And a big part of that is knowing exactly what it is we are waiting for. Maybe better who it is we're waiting for. So many of the things that we spent time being grateful for this past week are reflected in in what it is we're waiting for as well. I'm, I'm grateful for things, the enough that I've had in my life. The, the country and the justice and the fairness and the grace I've, I've received from others. But more than anything, I'm, I'm grateful for the love that I've known in my life. And when I think of what I'm waiting for, the abundance and the love that I've already known, those are just a glimpse just a suggestion of the love and the abundance that waits for us. The more you get, the more you get that now, not just in your head, but in, in your heart and in your expectations, in your hopes and in your fears, the more grateful for you, the more grateful you are here for these things, even now, the more focused you'll be on being ready for when they come in fullness. There's a line in a silly Christmas song. It's not even a a favorite Christmas song of mine, but this line hit me and struck me years ago and has stuck with me, not, not only just during Christmas seasons and Advent, but really all the time 
I believe, helping keep me ready. And I'll, I'll keep it in front of us this Christmas season. It's from a little town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The one who came 2,000 years ago and lived and died and rose for us and who is coming again, bringing the feast and the fullness of his redemption and his kingdom. All our hopes and fears are met in him. Let's wait for that and be ready. Let's pray. God, we are people full of hopes and fears. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with them. But God, help us to turn them to you. That you are where all our hopes and fears have been met when you came 2,000 years ago and will be met once again when you come at the end. Lord, we are grateful that our hope is in you. Because, Lord, on our own, we just can't manage it. Lord, I, I lift up those who are especially overwhelmed with fear and pray that they can see their hope in you in very real ways today. God, help us to learn how to wait in faith and be ready. We love you, Lord. Guide us through this season. Guide us to the end as our hope is in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.